Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, another hearty good morning to you from beautiful Chicago. Uh, as I am overlooking the Chicago River right now, I try to show you uh, a shot of that, but our beautiful uh, downtown hotel here. Taking in the Cubs game last night, uh, Cubs Rays, that beautiful, amazing Wrigley Field. Man, I'm telling you what, it is absolute baseball nirvana. I uh, was hanging out a little bit yesterday with uh, our, our Good friend Ken Hagen from the Hillsborough County Commission. He and his son uh, go to an away game every year, and uh, they pick Chicago this year. Of course, I was with my son as well. A little father and son night at the Cubs game, so we'll get into that. That whole experience, it really is quintessential baseball. And um, we'll also talk some bucks this morning as Todd Bowles and Kyle Trask met the media yesterday after – uh, four or five days of OTAs come to a close. So what did we learn there? We'll get into some, some Bucks talk. Uh, some other NFL notes. Where's Deshaun, uh, or is Deshaun Watson going to be welcoming in, D, welcoming in D-Hop to Cleveland? A lot of rumors going around there. So we got uh, we got some uh, other baseball to talk about. Shohei Otani is in town here in Chicago on the south side, banging home runs. But, of course, the Angels lose again. So lots to get to this morning. I'll say hello to you, Nick Geddes, back in our – Beautiful RHS TV studios there in uh, St. Petersburg. How are you this morning? I'm doing good on a Wednesday. We've made it halfway through the week. Hope you're having a good time over there in Chicago, even though the games aren't exactly that thrilling. If you're a Rays fan, even if you're a Cubs fan, not exactly enthralling baseball by any means the last two days, but uh, we'll definitely break all that down today. Yeah, um, the lovely Ashley, uh, my girlfriend, going to her first Major League Baseball game yesterday. And while the atmosphere was amazing, she was bored to tears. Just bored. I, she's I was, like, baseball is just boring. I, I legit, and I couldn't refute it. I legit almost texted you last night. I was like, everything right. we said yesterday, our worst fears came to fruition. You finally get her into the ballpark. And right. you probably were hyping her up about this historic offense the Rays have. Yes, and then they course. go out there and they have one run in what eighteen innings of play in this series. Yeah. That's just how it goes. And now she probably won't go to the game. And if I'm a betting yeah. man, you probably won't be there tonight. I, there's no chance I can get her to a day game at Wrigley today because there's other things to do in Chicago, and it was boring. And we, you know, we've been there, been there, done that. So. Plus, my son has an important meeting today at work, so he may not be able to make it either. So uh, we may have to do the Field Museum, which is a great museum. We didn't get to it yesterday. Uh, we just did a little uh, walking and shopping and, and getting panhandled yesterday. Um, lots, lots of good stories from yesterday that we'll get into. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to make it to the game today. And, and Check this out. So, you know, once in a while I'll pop a little wager on a game that I'm at. You know, I want to you know get a little action going because you're at the game, right? And so I, I go on the app, and I'm like, oh, I love this one. We got Shane McClanahan on the bump. The Rays only scored – didn't score at all last night. So you know they're going to score a bunch of runs today. They got Hendricks on the mound, who I think's only pitched one game and hasn't been good. They got – I'm just like, this is a no-brainer. And the bet is the Rays lead after five innings, minus 140. So you got to bet – 200 bucks to win about 140, 150 bucks, right? And I'm like, how are the, first of all, Shane, Sugar Shane's on the hill. They're not scoring. 
all we got to do is get one or two runs off this this bum in Wrigley Field where we didn't score the night before. This is a freaking layup, right? This is a freaking layup. Well, well. So it took Shane McClanahan to get his first loss of the year in any of his starts for the Rays to even lose the game. So it took that. And the first time, I think only or only second time this year, the Rays have been have scored one run in 18 innings. So all that had to happen for me to lose my bet. Historic. Of course, I lost my bet. So there you go. Oh, this is why I don't. This and, is and why then, I don't bet then, on games. There's no sure. There's no sure thing, JP. And then to make things worse, what was it? Top of the fifth, uh, they score the run. So we're one one now. Or Rosarena gets the uh, say, all right. All we need is one more run. Sugar Shane will shut him down in the bottom of the fifth. I win my bet. Right? What is it? First and second, or maybe second and third? Runner was definitely a runner in scoring position. And who comes to the plate? Ya boy. Ya boy. Brandon stinking Lau. So I go into all right. I'm just going to all since you know I'm going to change the karma. I'm going to go in full negative mode. And I'll just, you know, like we do whenever we rip somebody on the show, what happens? Next day they, they go four for four with two home runs, right? So I'm going to go negative karma right there. I'm at the game so I can do it and he can hear me, right? I'm like, Brandon Lau, you're a bum. You're a bum. You suck. You're awful. And everybody's like looking at me. The Cubs fans are like, what? Because, we, you know, we the Cubs fans around us were really cool. We we're having a great time with them. Like They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, trust me on this one. <laughs> and then, and then the bum. What does what? Would he strike out? Pop out? I forget. Just it was. He, he struck out, and and guess what? He chased a uh, another yeah. changeup down and away that he had no right. business swinging at. And he, the three one pitch, or two one or three one pitch, was a meatball fastball that he pulled down the, the right field line, and didn't. I mean, he could. He. I, I thought, oh my god, that that should have been a home run, and he pulled it uh, a little grounder down the first base side, and like, yeah, he's striking out, and he strikes out. And then, and then, and that, that that weren't bad enough. Pop up to right field by Ian Happ. I mean, as routine as it gets, as routine as it. There's no sun. It's a night game at Wrigley. Crowd. It wasn't a big crowd. None of that stuff. And then Josh Lowe and Brandon Lau let it just stop. Let it, let it fall in between them. Now I'd like to break. You could blame them both, but that's that's Josh's ball. Josh has got to come in, call him off, get the ball. That's just. That's that's baseball. That's little league one hundred and one. Outfielder coming in should have had the ball, and, and that leads to the winning run. That's that's just bad baseball. That's just bad, bad, bad baseball. It's just and things we have not seen from the Rays no. this year that bit no. them in the ass last night. And to the point, it is Josh Lowe's ball, yes. But you know this in sports when you're struggling, the ball just seems to find you in awkward yeah. situations. And yep. that, to me, epitomized where we're at right now with Brandon Lau. Okay, yeah. I said it yesterday on Twitter. I don't know how much longer we can continue to keep this up, Kevin Cash, that is, of penciling Brandon Lau in to the three-hole and the four-hole every single day. The four-hole? <coughs> why, why the hell is he in batting cleanup last the, night? This guy is a total liability. He's lost. You can see it in his eyes. You can yeah. see it in his eyes. He is completely defeated at the plate right now. It was an awful matchup yesterday with a pitcher like Hendricks who's going to throw that off speed all like he could throw, he could have thrown that pitch to Brandon Lau every single oh. every single time he was up at the plate. Brandon Lau was going to chase it every time. He wasn't going to hit it. I think every pitcher around the league has caught on to this. He shouldn't see another fastball. And by the way, 
for those keeping keeping track, I, I did the math this morning. Going back to April 28th, okay, and tomorrow's the first day of June. That's mm-hmm. a 25-game sample size. Brandon Lau, one home run, 29 strikeouts, hitting 157 with a 476 OPS. And that is your full, your four-hole hitter on a night-to-night basis right there. You're getting zero production from this guy right now. They need to sit him down. They have to sit him down. He cannot be an everyday player at this moment. Can't continue to wait around for him to get hot again because I just don't know when that's coming because this is as extended of a streak that I've seen in Brandon Lau's career. Yeah, and it goes back to last year too. Yep. You know, he, he'll get hot for just a few minutes, and then it's it's another dry spell for two, three weeks. You can't you can't play baseball like that. You can't you can't be a major leaguer like that. And it's gotten too far past the point of, of let's resurrect this guy. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the and, and this is the thing with the Rays with this big lead, you know, it's not a big lead. It's not a big lead anymore. And it's not every game freaking counts. Every game counts, and you're just giving how the hell do you put him in the four hole? It's because you hope he's going to get fastballs, putting guys around him. Okay, but he's a, he's a black hole in the freaking lineup, and no, you're not going to get any rallies when they that automatic out. And it's not even, he's not even putting the ball into play enough. He's not even moving runners. He's not doing anything. He's just an automatic out. And I just don't with all the analytics that the rate. What analytics is telling him to put Brandon Lau in the freaking lineup? Please show me that algorithm that says. Brandon Lau should be batting in the four hole. Well, somebody, well, somebody, you, what are you brilliant uh, guys in the front office or in the back analytics geek squad? Show me what analytics, what algorithm says that guy should be in the four hole. I don't think one exists. I don't yeah. think one exists, to be honest with you. And here's the thing with Brandon Lau as well. You have to, everybody keeps telling me, by the way, oh, well, he hit 40 home runs. I don't care that he hit 40 home runs two years ago. We're, we're long removed from that, okay? He's had a lot of injuries but, uh, since that day. He's clearly not the same player. Let's just acknowledge that, right? And yes. we already know his postseason history. Right. We already know his postseason history. He's not going to help you in the postseason. Right now, he's a liability in the regular season. So maybe this is harsh or not, but I, I don't think Brandon Lau is a player that I'm counting on for the, to be a useful kind of piece if they want to win a World Series this year. Seriously. And I don't think I'm overreacting on that. I, no. I, I'm getting better production from Taylor Walls at the plate, even though he's come back down to earth a little bit. I'm still getting better production at the plate from him. And I know that Taylor Walls is going to give me far superior defense than Brandon Lau. And on the base paths as well, Taylor Walls is a weapon where Brandon Lau, not really anything. So I hate to crap all over him today, but change needs to be made. Change needs to be made. Because they, they just cannot continue like this of having a huge liability just sitting in the four hole and somebody who's clearly lost. Like I, I'm at the point, like, does he need a psychologist or something? Seriously, like a sports psychologist. Because we already know he's very hard on himself. His eyes tell the whole entire story. I think there needs to be some kind of radical change done to Brandon Lau right now. And I think at the moment it starts with sitting him down for a little bit. And... and, and- it's not like you don't have his replacement right there. Like you mentioned, Taylor Walls, who's still hitting 248, seven home runs, and has a war of 2.0. A 2.0 war. Yeah. And, and, and this guy's sitting on the bench for a guy who can't hit, hit, hit his way out of a, a paper bag. Come on. This is ridiculous. I mean, how much better is this team with Taylor Walls in there? And start building some, some camaraderie. And some chemistry between Taylor Walls and maybe Josh Lowe in right field 
or or Wander Franco at shortstop. He's your guy. He's your everyday second baseman moving forward, and it's not close. Uh, and I, so I don't I don't understand what Cash is doing here. I don't understand what the Rays are doing. It makes no sense. As Lonnie Wilkins said, he's not putting the ball in play either. <laughs> Guys getting K'd by fifty cent. No productive outs either. That's a great reference. Um, Alani said, "Regular season doesn't matter when they cough, when they cough it up and four, 14 times in the playoffs. K fourteen times in the playoffs. I know. Well, we'll look forward to a better offense next for this playoffs." Uh, Chris Davis did a lot of homers with the Orioles. Doesn't mean shit years later in his career. Brandon better learn Japanese if he keeps this up. Yeah, I mean it's it's so true. We have a new uh, new person chiming in. It says uh, AJ says even if you're right, the analytics department will tell you they will continue to make that move because models will show. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> models will show that eventually he will come out of this in a big way and go on a tear. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of waiting for that. And that, I don't care what your model says; that it can't predict the future in that way. I, I don't. Guy, I don't like streaky players. I I, no. I despise streaky players when it comes to baseball. And I, I look at some of the other key guys in this lineup. Yandy Diaz, you know what he does? He brings his lunch pail to work every single day. And you know what he yeah. does? He gets on base. And he wasn't in the lineup last night. No, and by the way, there's a correlation there. When Yandy's not in the lineup, the rest of the lineup, for whatever reason, seems to Sucks. almost take a day yeah. take a day off or something. Yeah. So yeah. I know they got a sprinkle in days off for him, obviously, with some of the, the lingering injuries. He's beat up a little bit, but there's a little thread there. But, you know, he's always bringing it every single day. Wander Franco, he seems to always be ready to play. Randy's always ready to play. I, I just, Brandon Lau's just not. He's just yeah. not there right now. And it, I, it just, it's so frustrating. It's so predictable. I'm watching the game last night, and he's up there in a big moment. And you just have no confidence. You have zero confidence. It's either he's going to strike out, or if he makes contact on that pitch, he's going to be so far in front of it, he's going to roll a little dribbler to first base. That's it. Those are the two he, outcomes right now for Brandon Lau. The, the last out of the game, um, the guy booted it at second and still got the out at first. Who was who was that Lau again at bat? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't even he doesn't even bang it to first base, doesn't hustle to first base. I'm not sure if he would have made it, but um, you know, the guy boots a ball that far in front of him, you should be able to get to first base. I yeah, and I'm at the point too, like he's on a nice little affordable contract. I'm sure somebody would love to have him. I think you have to again, I'm getting radical here. You know, we, there's some needs on this team. Obviously, in the back end of a bullpen, you have a lot of guys in the system that can play the Brandon Lau role, and you got somebody in the big leagues who can do it. And Taylor Walls, it's under control for a long time. I think yeah. it's a no-brainer. Let's get out before the contract ends. Yeah, That's a contract makes, you can move easily. It makes no sense at this point. It just it does. Even if he's going to be, it's like you say. Even if, at at the best, at the at his very best, he's a really streaky guy. So okay, so he carries you, and I don't even say carries you, but he gives you a couple good weeks. And then goes dark for six. What? What? In a, in a 162 season, what good is that? I'll give me the guy that's that doesn't hit 39 home runs, but hits 20. And, and, and hits, this lineup, you know, I got. I don't need him to hit. Here's the thing, Brandon yeah, Lau. Exactly. Brandon Lau in the lineup last year when he was healthy, in the lineup before, he was very valuable because he was one of the only guys that could give you that kind of 30 home run kind of power. Well, now I, I got, got I got the the best team in baseball from a home run hitting standpoint. And I got what uh, four or five guys with in double digits for home runs already. Brandon mm-hmm. Lau to me has become expendable. We have plenty of pop in this lineup, and outside of that, what is he giving you? I, I don't like guys hitting in my four hole that are hitting two hundred. 
That's I know the everybody... other thing. Why is he in the four hole? Oh I, I don't. It's like an, if you're going to do something, you got to move him down the lineup if you want to keep him in there. But the fact that you continue to pencil him in every yeah. single day, where other guys like Josh Lowe doesn't play every day, Luke Rayleigh doesn't play every day, and these guys are out producing Brandon Lau by a mile right now. All right, to finish off the Brandon Lau discussion, this is absolutely going to happen today. <laughs> Ray's fashion last one hit two home runs today. Well, that's that's the game plan. We're this is the part of the game plan here. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to spur him on to get him going again, and it works every time. I like this one from Ju Jetson. <laughs> I'll take it back. Hey, guy, there was a guy Ray's fan in front of me that was wearing a brand, uh, a Blake Snell jersey, and we were like, oh, traded it, traded him too early. Definitely trade him too early. We got to get him back. I would I, I wouldn't mind having it back if they want. I mean, not the contract. Hey, but. that trade sucks. By the way, I'm just going to yeah. put that out there one more time because another yeah. guy who's starting to really, I'm I'm giving up on right now is Frankie Mejia. Again, yeah. every time he's in there, what is he giving me? What is he giving me at the plate? He's giving. He's just nothing. The answer is nothing. I'm getting nothing from Frankie Mejia. I'm getting nothing from Luis Patino. That trade, right. that trade just sucks, man. Awful, awful. That that was a total whiff. A total whiff. Um, yeah, you can't get them all right, but that was really bad. That was a really, really bad one. They, they, you know, not, not good. Um, all right. As far as, uh, other parts of the evening last night. So first of all, I was just going to tell you the Wrigley experience now is, is unbelievable. And if you haven't been in a few years, folks, let me tell you, they have a sports book there now that they just finished. They have a DraftKings sports book. I did not go in it. I, I was going to go after the game, but we forgot. Maybe a few too many Goose Islands at the game. So they have a beautiful new uh, a sports book is attached to the stadium right there in the stadium uh, down the right field line. Um, they have this. They have a whole. You know, they have the all the old bars in Wrigleyville. The Cubby Bear. We went to the Cubby Bears. Fantastic. I love that old place. If you go in there, by the way, ask for Matt, the uh, manager. Tell him JP sent you. Great dude. Love those guys over there. Uh, so I was hanging out with uh, with Hagen and his son, and my son was there and. and Ashley and his girl and uh, my son's girlfriend Savannah. We we had a great group there. Lots of Rays fans. Everybody's pumping it up, uh, and that, that place is just an old dingy, you know, dive bar. We didn't get to the cages. Sorry, timing would not allow. Oh, thank you. But down the left field line, they have a brand new hotel and a whole like battery area there of bars and restaurants and and the outside that's on Gall- it says Gallagher Way down the left field line where where we came in. And we pop up, and you just, you know, you walk through the gates, and they've redone everything underneath Wrigley Field. So it's, I mean, it is sweet. It's, and everything is new inside, but it has that old feel. Like the bathrooms have this old wood in it, you know, and columns and stuff. It's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then you walk up on this beautiful, you know, sunlit evening in the golden hour, and you see this green grass field, and you see the ivy. And the old scoreboard in, in, in uh, center field. And then they got the big two um, uh, digital board as well. And then the Ivy. And it's just like, come on, man. Come on, man. This is baseball. You smell the grass. You can literally smell the fresh cut grass. The bunting, you know, the red, white, blue bunting is all over. The bricks everywhere. I mean, come on. Come on. Walking in, you compare, you want to compare that to walking into Tropicana Field? I mean, we the Trops got much better. I'm not gonna. They they put all the lipstick on that pig. They can, and it's great. It's fine. It's fine. But I can't wait to get a new ballpark. I can't wait to get a new ballpark. 
I hope that God in some way they can figure out uh, underneath that translucent dome that's going to be in Ebor Marina that they can find a way to have real grass. If not, I, you know, it'll, it'll be what it is. But And I'll just say, you know, in talking to Ken Hagen, he, he didn't give me a whole lot more than what he gave us on the show um, the other day, except to say that he's confident that this is going to get done in Tampa. Um, I'm confident as I've ever been. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. There is still no question. There is a, um, I don't want to say a loophole, but there is a scenario where, where, where Stu gets that deal done in his short term. He makes more money in St. Petersburg, sells the team, which, uh, you know, we, as we've told you, there's been an offer on the table for him to sell the team, um, sells the team, gets out and, it, it, you know, we're, we're left with a poorly located stadium where that he makes money on because once he once he gets a stadium deal in, in St. Petersburg, it, the value will probably go up to about two billion. These are estimates um, from people in the know. And if it gets if he gets a deal done in Tampa, it's two point three to two point five billion that the team will be worth just because of future revenue projections. So and, and I'm also told that Dan Doyle, uh, the Dex imaging guy, and this is just, you know, I'm not, not reporting this, not saying this is fact, but um, the feeling is that if their group were to get part uh, interest in this team or full interest in the team and were, were to sell the team, that he would not want to build in St. Petersburg. He definitely wants to build in Tampa and because that's where more revenue is, and that's the where the long-term revenue is. That's where Major League Baseball wants the team, no question, um, and that's where, that's where it should be. So there's a little stadium update there, but again – Having a real stadium that is like Wrigley Field is just its just magical. Even as boring as the game was last night, I couldn't have enjoyed it anymore with my son there. Met some great people. Um, you know, the fans were just fantastic. It's got such a great vibe to it. Uh, it's its just great. This city, this city I'll, I will give you, you know, I make a lot of jokes about Chicago. We, we walked around all day yesterday, and I swear to God, especially on the uh, Magnificent Mile there, Michigan Avenue, where all the big shops are, all the, you know, Cartier and Tiffany and the big Nike store and all those, there are literally police cars parked in the median the entire mile. We must have seen a hundred cop cars and there's cops everywhere in downtown Chicago. So you felt very safe walking around. Um, it was, you know, the, they got all the flowers out on, uh, it just, it looked great. Uh, the, I, can't, I, I we make jokes about it, but dad, we walked along the river walk. It's beautiful. Yeah, I would highly recommend coming to Chicago, taking in Wrigley Field. I know the Rays aren't going to play there again this year, but it doesn't matter who they play. It's a, it's a magical place. It is a magical place. And you, Nick Geddes, have got to come to Wrigley Field. Make it a point, you know, hop on Spirit Airlines, which we took up here. Very economical. Pack your backpack. That's all you need. Here for three days. We got everything in a backpack. Um, jump on, jump off. Make sure it's a direct flight. Make sure it's a direct flight. And I think it was like we bought both of our tickets for like 400 bucks. It's not, you know, and the, and the, and the by the way, the Cubs tickets, second level, third, third base side, good seats, 25 bucks a piece. 25 bucks a piece. With fees, I think it was 130 out the door. For four tickets um, on the second, second level, which is actually the first level, it's just expanded up. And it's underneath the overhang. Um, great, great. Well, way cheaper than Tropicana Field. So the, the experience, 
is everything you thought, thought thought it would be, except if you're not a baseball fan, it could be boring. Well, you got to sell. They got to sell tickets cheap for the for the Mickey ballpark. Meanwhile, the the Rays are selling them expensive to go to the America's ballpark. Is what I'm going to call oh the drop. God. That's what's really going on here. That is a Mickey Mickey ballpark, and it was proven yesterday on the first pitch of the game from Shane McClanahan, the home run from Nico Horner. Guess but guess what? That was a home run in one ballpark, one, and you saw it last night. Mickey ballpark. All these great yeah, jewels. That, that. <clears throat> all these great jewels around Major League Baseball, Wrigley. Fenway and Yankee Don't Stadium. Don't you disparage these teams. No, I'm going to disparage, disparage them. They're all Mickey. Oh, they all have some kind of unique quirk that everybody loves. No, it's Mickey. Okay, whether it be no. pesky pole. You mean right? like like a catwalk that gets hit every game? It's part of you the mean game. Like that. It's part of the game. Right. You could hit a bird in like a open stadium. It's the same. It's the same deal. No. Look at my man Jordan. Okay, read it and weep. He did historic Wrigley in 2019, sat in the outfield for $7. You ain't kidding, JP. Trop is a joke. It's a joke. It's not baseball, bro. It's a, You know when you say it's America, the way America is right now? You're right. You're right. It's a dysfunctional piece of crap. That's exactly what it is. That's America's Richie, ballpark. Richie, don't a dysfunctional, Richie, outdated piece of crap. Richie's trying to come in here and put and put me in my place right here. He said, do you mean like a pirate chip, Nick? Oh, I'm coming out oh, here yeah, saying gimmicks. Did. It's not a gimmick. Yeah. That doesn't make no, that pirate ship is cool. Come that on. Adds, that adds some nice prestige to that. I'm talking about in the field of play having a stupid ivy wall or whatever that's oh, short you, from you home play. You just called play. it a stupid ivy wall. Correct. Oh my god. Correct. Pesky pole, stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, Yankee Stadium, America's stupid. Youth. America's youth, ladies and gentlemen, right there on display. Nick Gettis, stupid ivy. Pes- oh my god! No foul ball territory. Right. Josh Lowe and his beautiful self could have gotten hurt bad yesterday. He could yeah, have gotten hurt was, really was... bad yesterday because you got no foul ball territory to speak of whatsoever. You want to talk about home home field advantage right there? Mm. And a brick wall, mm. like a brick wall, and a Not, brick a little wall, bit of, little bit of padding. Not much. Yeah. Not much. Uh, it was a it was a fantastic um, it was a fantastic. Uh, experience and I, I, I would tell everybody you got to do it at least once in your life. Wrigley Field, Wrigleyville, the whole nine, absolutely fantastic. I'll tell you this too about the. Oh, oh, the, oh go ahead, go ahead. And one more thing, um, a lot of panhandlers here, a lot of panhandlers, but their negotiating skills are really impressive. It's like they, they negotiate like Henry Kissinger. That might be a little dated reference for you, but it's like Very. I mean they don't just ask for money. They don't just ask for money. No, there's there's going to be a conversation about why you should give them money. And I'm of course you know me. I'm more than happy to join right in. Oh, really? Wait, you know, I, I I said you look able-bodied enough. Why don't you go get a job? Ah, no, no, not me, man. Not me. Nobody wants me around. I'm a, I'm a jerk. Nobody wants me around anywhere. It's I said you probably make good money, better money doing this. He's like, I do all right. I do all right. Like, to each their own. He's like, I said, all I got is 20s, man. He's like, you can get change inside. Just give me a dollar. I said, I'm not going inside to get change to bring you a dollar. He said, why don't you, why don't you go over there and get a job? It says, help wanted right over there. He's like, ah, hell with you, man. Didn't say hell, but, you know. But, yeah, you know, you have a nice conversation with the panelers around here. So you got that going for you as well. No, I was, um, I was, right. no, I was going to say real quick, just about the last thing about the game before we hit a break here, 
the, the, this in all in all serious, this was the most unlucky game I think I've seen for the Rays as well. I just mentioned the home run. I, did you get a good look at the Wander Franco slide at home? I, I did. He, yeah, yeah. Wander Franco, I'm here to tell you, was safe. I'm here to tell you he was safe. I know it was bang, bang. Unfortunately, Lance Barksdale, who was, by the way, Lance Barksdale, get him, get him off the MLB umpire circuit. That was the worst called game I think I've seen all season long, and that's saying something. His big old body was in the way of the freaking camera, so we couldn't see it, like, for sure. But, like, I knew for a fact Wander was in there, and that game should have been one-to-one right there in that moment. I would have won my bet. And you would have won your bet, potentially. You would have won my bet right there. You had, yeah. you had that go wrong for the Rays. Jake Diekman, I feel like, had to throw like six strikes and one at-bat to get a to get a strikeout. And he just got squeezed the entire time. And he walks a batter. Awful calls right there. There was a, a liner to right. And I don't know how in the world Seiya Suzuki made that play. I mean, yeah, I, have, I have zero idea how he made that play. This was just an unlucky game all the way around for the Rays. And that's baseball. By the way, the A's, again... Don't feel too bad, Rays fans. The A's have beat the Braves two games in a row. There you go. The A's. That's baseball. So the Rays and the Braves are now going to drop series to two of the worst teams in baseball. So it's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I I thought Franco was safe uh, from our vantage point. We were you know we were on that left field line and we could you know see up from up top. It looked like he got his arm in there. Uh, although I'd say that I don't think he should have gone. I think that was a reckless well, he, play. Uh, I, I mean, he hesitated a little bit. I will say he looked yeah. at he was looking at the ball a little bit, and if he would have just kept on going, he would have obviously been in there with flying colors. But it was such a great slide. I, I didn't. Yeah. I like the aggressiveness. He's been really aggressive on the base paths this year. Didn't mind it necessarily, but I thought he was safe. I really thought he was safe. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to nit. It's a little nitpicky, honestly, because their their aggressive base running has given them. Uh, a lot of runs this year. It set up their offense. So I'm not going to, you know, in this instance, go, oh, he shouldn't have gone because he was out. Um, but I just reading the play, and, and that's a great thing about being at a game. When you're at a game and you're not watching it on TV, it, it's better, it's easier, especially if you played the game. Um, it, you can read the plays. Like, should he go, should he not go? And I was, you know, right there at third base, so I could see the whole play developing in front of me, and my gut instinct was, don't go, don't go. And the ball beat him there. By by a good bit. Only as you mentioned, not for his excellent slide did he even have a chance. The ball clearly beat him there, so I didn't think it was a great read by him. But I get it. I'd rather be more aggressive than not, especially in that situation. So trying to get things going. But I, you know, I didn't I didn't like the read. But I'm I'm not going to criticize that. And and he probably was probably was safe. So, but, um, before we hit the break, let's listen to Kevin Cash. Uh, wrap up uh, this game and, and some of the other things that are going on. Pete Fairbanks, by the way, looks like he's going to be back sooner than later. Is he? Uh, no structural damage to his hit, hip. Yeah, I mean, at I this mean, point. I, I, I'm <laughs> so, forgive me. Forgive me for not having high hopes for, for any right. injury at the moment concerning the Rays. But, uh, well, at least the MRI says yeah. he's, he's going to. Here was Cash back. after the game. Yeah, pretty quiet night offensively. That's kind of back-to-back days. Look, the guys have done a good job of making pitches. Felt like, you know, we were mindful of um, Stroman's sinker. Pretty mindful of Hendricks' changeup, but not too much that we could do with him either day. And then the top of the sixth inning, maybe with Brandon Lau and Josh Lowe, just a miscommunication there? What would you see? Uh, I haven't gone back and looked at it, but I'm guessing both those guys would say that they, 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 
one of them, if not both, could have caught the ball. And sometimes those tweener balls are tough. It happens. It just stinks for Mac, like he's putting together just another tremendous start. Um, but that's the way it goes sometimes. I was going to say, what did you see from Shane today? Obviously, the solo home run off the top, but then seemed to settle in. Yeah, it got locked in really quick. Uh, really good stuff again. You know, just uh, did a nice job of keeping his pitch count down. Um, got his strikeouts, soft contact. So really pleased with his outing um, again. Yeah, just as far, I mean, offensively, you just, again, just think with more of the pitching than anything from yeah, standpoint. I mean, I think when we don't hit, you got to give the pitcher some credit. Well, are there some at-bats we like to have back? Probably so, but I mean, that, you can say that every day, but you got to give the pitchers credit. They're, they're, they're making the pitches where they, where they need to, and we're not able to get the barrel to the ball right now. Right, you don't buy into good luck, bad luck, but the home run that Shane gives up is the only home run here. It doesn't go out at any other ballpark. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, ball drop in between two guys that normally make yeah. where they go. Well, I wish we were playing at the drop then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Overall, you felt pretty good with Shane. I mean, I felt really first good pitch homer is, yeah. I think he's only done it's that once happen. before. If you're going to get him, you might as well get him early in the game, early in the count. Not many hitters want to go deep in the count with him. You guys preached a next man approach about the bullpen. That's two straight scoreless outings from them. What can you say about the effort you guys got from them so far this series? They're 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 working hard. I think we're we're trying to piece it together. Those guys, you know, to a man, they're they're making themselves available and they're keeping scores where it needs to be to give our offense a chance. If we continue doing that, we're going to hit. And we'll 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 score some runs. You don't usually use your challenge that early. You felt pretty good. You had a shot there. Safe. I really did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's uh, uh, Gabby Cash there with the wrap-up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those nights that just sucks when you're at the game and you paid money, good money for your tickets and you lose a bet that you should have won. Uh, but even with all that, even with all that, um, would do a 10 out of 10 again. Absolutely Hey, you're already You're experience. already like halfway of the trek there, or maybe even less. I mean, do you know who the Rays yeah. play after the, the, the Cubs by chance? Uh, no, they got Thursday off. Who they got next? They got a four-game set against the the Sox at Fenway. Oh, really? I'm like, you're already halfway oh. there. <laughs> Go That's all a in. Quick shot over to Boston. Yeah. Go from Wrigley to to Fenway. Wow. Flaunt That's, that, that was... flaunt that that Tampa Bay gear in their faces right now, because I mean, yeah, you already know what's going to happen this weekend. Yeah. Well, I could I could bring some Panther stuff too. Uh, <laughs> just uh, we yeah, and and some Miami Heat stuff. <laughs> How's things going in Boston right now? Here, everybody's bitch. That's that's fantastic. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk some Buccaneers, uh, and we'll hear from uh, Todd Bowles and Kyle Trask. You know, everybody's giving a job to Baker Mayfield. I don't know. It's a not so fast, my friend. I think Kyle Trask has other ideas. So uh, we'll we'll get into that. We're brought to you in our first hour by the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, EPI, and American Mortgage Services. We love all of our great sponsors. Thanks for bringing us on the road here to Chicago. Live from Chicago and St. Pete. Back in three here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Hey, guys. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? 
It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. 
I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on this hump day in uh, Chicago where we uh, took in the Cubs game last night. And Nick Ennis is back in our beautiful RHS TV studios there. By the way, download the RHS TV app. You can do that on Amazon Fire. You can do that on Apple TV. You can do that on any of your. You can do it on Roku, and you can watch uh, this show and many other great shows, local shows with Serena Fazan, uh, right there on RHS TV. So check it out. Download it. You can watch us anytime. You can download it on your phone, too, if you don't want to watch on YouTube. You watch us on RHS TV. And also our FanStream Sports app. Download the app. You can listen to the show anytime on that just by tapping the app. That's an easy way to do it as well. Um, all right. Welcome back. If you guys want to jump in, uh, you can always hit us up on YouTube, on Facebook, where we are live and on Twitter as well. We'll get your comments out there. The YouTube comments, we get right uh, to the, our show page. So um, we usually go with those most. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, that's the best way to get involved with the show. So we're going to talk a little Buccaneers here, my friend. And uh, I think after the first OTAs, it's safe to say that the Trask-Baker Mayfield competition is underway and it's heated and also i think it's kind of dividing the fan base a little bit and not in, i don't think in a malicious way it's kind of a fun thing to talk about um and you know there have been a couple of uh, videos uh, put up on the internet of, of trask and mayfield throwing the tight ends and stuff it's like it's been uh, freaking examined like the zabruder film um just calm down people it the, the number one guys aren't even out there catching the football um you know, they're not, they're doing a lot of install stuff, but I mean, I think we can get a little bit of read from the coaches about what's going on. We got some audio from Ty Bowles. We got some audio from, um, uh, from Kyle Trask and I'll just put it to you, Nick. Uh, what do you make of all the Twitter chatter about these two? I, I still think it's ba- Baker Mayfield's job to lose, but I do sense that Kyle Trask is very much in this. And I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's decided by any way. Well, yeah. f- well, first of all, to the to the Twitter videos, I I despise, I despise when these videos get out at OTAs of these guys wearing shorts and t-shirts and a helmet, throwing balls around the practice field. And how I mean, jog my just jog everybody up a little bit, get everybody up to speed because you're out there most of the time during these these sort of things. Yeah. How long does the media get a look at things? To, to well, film? this time they gave us they gave us one whole practice, and I did miss that one. But obviously, um, Scott Reynolds was there. A lot of people I know were there, and we got um, got to see some of the footage as well. And it, but the, the thing about it is, it is it's it's my, next to meaningless. My point is, is I'm sure these guys are each throwing a hundred balls a day, probably. Yeah, right. And we're gonna see these guys throw what two balls? Like Baker Mayfield throws the ball twice in the clip that went around yesterday, and Trask right. throws it three times. And we're gonna sit here and nitpick it to death, right? That's what we're that's what we're doing. And th- this guy dies. Well, that's because that's it's, what these accounts it's WNBA season. But I mean, is, there's nothing I, else to watch. 
I hate these clips, man. And th- this guy, Dov, Dov Kleeman, Kleiman, whatever, you know, his big account yeah. on Twitter, he just kind of regurgitates the news around the league and puts a nice little click, clickbaity thing on there and everybody loses their mind. And I'm reading, right. I'm reading through the comments yesterday, which I should not have done. Never read the comments. Just don't do it. Turn the comments – or don't turn them off. Let people have their word, but don't read them. And everybody's, like, putting these, these – these, uh, these like mock jerseys of Caleb Williams in a Bucks uniform, and this is what this tells me, and this and that, and all these jokes about Baker and Trask. And I'm like, my, I just got to get it. I just had to get off Twitter. I just had to get yeah. off Twitter when I see these clips. Uh, but to the to the point though about where I th- see things leaning right now, I think we're all presuming that Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy. But it is that time of year where they're starting to hype up Kyle Trask a little bit. You know, he's the unknown and. You know, I, I've listened to all the players kind of speak. Uh, Kate Otten said he's thrown with more conviction this year than he's seen in the last few years. It sounds like he's growing in confidence, which is really no surprise because he had no shot right. of moving up the depth chart through his first two years. And now right. it's like, hey, Kyle, we got a chance for you to start potentially. So just naturally, of course, Kyle's going to have a lot more confidence going into this and maybe thrown with more conviction. But it's good to see. And he's doing all the right things, but we still have a long ways to go before we're going to figure this out. I don't know how much you honestly learn out of OTAs uh, with these two quarterbacks at the moment. Well, Jordan certainly has made up his mind. (laughs) Baker was missing five-yard passes. You shouldn't ever miss those, even if you throw a 1,000 passes a day. Look, the problem is, Jordan, if a guy runs an out, even if it's a five-yard out, he runs it to seven instead of five, which is what all these these knuckleheads do. I was going to say, and these are just Joe Schmoes out there, by the way. Right, it's what all these knucklehead receivers do. They They don't run right good routes. And Baker's like, I'm throwing to five. You're at seven. That ain't on me. That's on you, partner. So you don't know the context of it, especially from a you know a, a tape like that. It may have been a bad throw, it may have been you know a wet ball. Who who freaking knows? But it's why all this stuff is is next to meaningless because it's not even real football. It's not even real football. So I I don't put a whole lot of stock in any of what I want to see. You know when I'm out there is just athletically. What does Kyle Trask look like? And he looks a lot more athletic. And this is another one from Luke W. And, you know, be, care- be careful of the false narrative, my friend. We get Trask has the mobility of Drew Bledsoe, right? I got Mayfield's limitations, but unless you are an elite quarterback, you have to be able to move. No? Yeah, every one of them. You, you got to move in this league. Even Tom Brady, being Tom Brady last year, he couldn't move. He was awful. He was awful. You got to be able to move in this league. It's a new, it's a new era. The, the offenses require quarterbacks to be able to bootleg uh, to to run to run an effective running game, the RPOs to run an effective r- running game. You got to be able to do it, and you know, and, and and don't tell me Patrick Mahomes can't run because he can't. And he made huge plays in the postseason. I'd say of the top five most critical plays that he made in the postseason, at least four of them, if not all of them, came from him moving in the pocket or running on a big third down and getting six, ten, twenty-five, thirty yards, and that was on a bum ankle. So it's it's an absolute – it's not even uh, – it would be nice if he could – it's an absolute uh, must to be able to do this. And Trask can move. And, Trask and he can even, move. He even said yesterday, to his credit, he's lost – he's dropped about 10 pounds too because that was my kind yep. of thing. I looked at him last year and I said, this guy doesn't look like he can move. He looks a little too, like, stocky of a build and almost, I want to yep. say, borderline chubby a little bit maybe in, yep, between, in, in between the hips. Uh, but he seems like he's lost 10 pounds and he's committed to it. And he sounds very excited about it as well, which we'll get to some of these clips too. 
All right, yeah, go ahead and take over, and let's get to the sound. You can introduce it uh, there because you've got the list there and everything. You, you, you've heard them. Yeah, we'll we'll start with uh, uh, with Kyle Trask here, and the first clip we'll play from him is uh, his excitement uh, to play in a creative offense. Is what he said. I just how creative the offense is. I think everybody's really bought into the scheme, um, and I'm just really looking forward to see. Uh, how it looks versus a defense. Um, you know, you see what they did in Seattle with Geno um, and the weapons they had. And I think that with our weapons, we can, uh, you know, we're due from, for some really explosive plays. Boy, that is music to my ears. I don't know about yours, partner. But, uh, yeah, the creativity. Boy, watching that offense last year was just so boring. It was, I mean, they do one jet sweep and, we, you know, I get a full Woody. It's like, oh my God, look at that! Oh, it's buddy. unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's it, but it is, but it, it's it was so freaking boring and left, which is just so bad, so bad. Well, he had he also I, had a yeah. And I play these other two here back to back. These are two different clips, and one of them he's talking about you know being able to move in a new offense, and then the other one, which is going to be music to your ears, he talks about play action in an offense, <gasps> which if you didn't know, you could run those things in the NFL. What? Did you know that? I, I did not, not after watching Byron Lovewich. Yeah, but I learned it yesterday from Kyle Trask. So uh, here is the first of our two clips here. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, our old scheme um, from the last couple of years, definitely more geared towards throwing from the pocket. Um, this new scheme allows you to get outside the pocket, use your legs more. Um, that's really exciting for me. You know, as a quarterback, anytime you get on the edge, um, you know, it's really exciting to anytime you can try to throw one on the run or get outside the pocket and make a play, you know, run for a first down or something like that. Yeah, so that's that one. And then we'll play the, the second one here about play action. I think it's really exciting for us to get the movements and the backfield going and the boots away. Um, and you see all the success that this system has had, um, you know, with the, the heavy play action and taking shots. And, you know, it, it gives you a lot of protection. Um, if you're able to do the keepers off the play action. So that's just really exciting for a quarterback. Anytime you can see, turn on film and see a play action where you got nobody within 10 yards of you. So, yeah, you know, it all ties in together. Yeah, yeah, and it all ties in together. And I think, you know, they've, they've been doing this for, you know, decades, uh, the system that they're coming from. So they know exactly how to do it. Um, so we're all just really bought in and, you know, excited to see where this goes. It, it's amazing, honestly, and this is no shot at Bruce Arians because that wasn't Bruce Arians' offense last year. That was a hybrid Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady uh, crap show. And it, so this and this has its roots in Sean McVay's Rams offense, which you know we've seen the, the Bucks try and defend that. And when you and it's and it's and I love watching the Rams when the Bucks play the Rams. I don't watch a lot of Rams tape just on its own, but I love watching you know the Rams. And you see the concepts; they're so they're so evident. And you see how one thing leads to the next. You know, the bootleg, you know, the stretch play, the bootleg off of that. Um, the you know the the uh, receiver reverse off of the stretch bootleg. I mean, there's so many things that work off of it. And when you have talented players, especially talented receivers, uh, and a quarterback that can move, and, and this is why this is why I think it. This benefits more than anybody. You could talk about the quarterbacks and receivers and everybody. It benefits the offensive line more than anything, because these remember remember that clip 
was it the Ravens defense? I think it was the Ravens defense. Yep, yep. They were just laughing on the sidelines. They were mic'd up on the sidelines. They're laughing at the Buccaneers like, this is the only stuff they run. They don't do anything else. It's just what we saw on film. No adjustments. No, I mean, they're shocked because it never happens in the NFL this way. Everybody else are running these offense where these defensive linemen and, and, and the linebackers especially, and the safeties are like, okay, is it run or pass? Is it run or – they're, they're, you know, two counts into the freaking play, and they still don't know. Yeah. At the snap, the Buccaneers offense, you know it's run or it's pass. Lineman firing yeah. out, run. It, it, Brady retreated. <laughs> I mean, it was so obvious. It's just, it's to me, it's just so sad and refreshing at the same time. But it's really sad that I have to get. I'm excited to hear a quarterback talk about the basic concept concepts of the NFL that work today, known as play action and you know working out of the backfield with a passing game and things like that. The successful teams in this league, they embrace those things. Yeah. And it's just again, it's so sad. To hear that last year we had to hear over and over and over, well, we got to run the ball to set up to play action, and we got to do this to do that. No, you don't. This is not, this is not the 1980s. That was like right. the, the constant theme that I got from last year's coaching staff, whereas every time I hear Dave Canales speak, it's embracing these themes. Yeah. It's called getting up with the times. So that's what yeah. I think is the Bucks' best bet. I don't know if Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask – are going to I don't think either of them are going to turn into all of a sudden, you know, upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't believe that. But we've been arguing this all offseason that from a schematic standpoint and having some fresher systems here, hopefully getting some making things easier for your offensive line, right? Because last year we made it we made it terribly hard on them. It didn't have to be that difficult yeah. on them. Making it Ridiculous. easier on them and having your weapons still in 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 uh in line there that this offense can be better this year. Regardless if Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask are just middle of the road, I think they can still be a lot better next year. I do, and I I expect you know this offense what eighteen points a game. I I expect it to be you know twenty six, twenty seven points a I game. I won't go that far. Um, I'll, I'll just say like I'm just aiming for like can you give me twenty three? That puts me right I'll, in the middle. Well, you know, for instance, um, you know. Oh my God, are they really time? I just looked over at ESPN and Rob well, Nikovich is first being mistake. asked. Will, will Tom Brady come out of retirement and play for the Raiders? Ninkovich says, unlikely. I, I hope he does. I really hope he does because people will understand that it, what happened last year because it ain't going to be good. I was actually going to get to this to the second hour too, so don't take, yeah, my, well you, don't take my points away here now. <laughs> Go right ahead. Um, yeah, and, 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 and that's the offensive side. Yeah, I think with Mike Evans, um, there was an article in the Times today about how it is priority. Bulls talked about this yesterday. It's a priority that they get Mike Evans the ball in the red zone. I mean, again, how how stupid of a of a offense coordinator do you have to be to not throw the ball to Mike Evans in the freaking red zone? And of course, that's not just Byron. That's also Brady. But for whatever reason, he just didn't want to throw to Brady. I mean, didn't want to throw to Mike Evans in the red zone, um, where where they'd had so much success before. It was it was just so dysfunctional. So I think Mike Evans becomes better. They use those weapons better. I think Chris Godwin is going to be back to being Chris Godwin after that year off. Of, well, I won't say year off, but it, it takes at least a year to come back from an ACL. And he had a short recovery time, too, because mm-hmm. he injured it late in the season. So he was not – I don't think he was even close to 100%. And so much of his game is that power and speed combination where he catches that ball and explodes. Yeah. I mean, how many tackles did you see him break last year? Not many. Very few. 
And that has always been a huge part of his game. So those wide receiver screens, first guy, he's going to make him miss. It's almost an automatic six yards. If he makes the next guy miss, he's got 10 to 15 to 20. And you just didn't see that from Godwin last year. He didn't have the explosiveness to get out of tackles or avoid people. And I think you're going to see that again. Um, and I think some of these pieces they've added in the draft in the offseason, too. Um, uh, more the new receiver from Seattle. I think he's going to give you a little something. Um, so well, I'm, the, I'm excited. Even, even this, I'm uh, excited about this even speaking of the red zone and the troubles they had last year, you want to get Mike the ball, yeah. But I think they drafted this Payne Durham uh, in particular because he's such a red zone threat. What was the? I think he had 23 touchdowns in college playing at Purdue, which is not some you know crazy college offense. Last time I checked, and that guy, even though he doesn't have many athletic traits, he knows how to get open in the red zone. And he knows how to go up and get it. He's a big body. So they're definitely adding there. And, and Grodwin, to your point, uh, he even said that he feels like he's got his, explosive, his explosiveness all the way back. So, I think, again, I think Chris Godwin, the old Chris Godwin, the 2021 version, 2020, 2019, I think he's the best receiver on this team. I think he's the most dependable guy. And I'm, throw, and I'm including Mike, and that's not throwing any shade on Mike. I just think Chris is more well-rounded. Than Mike, I agree. And he's the engine of that team, so I just want to know too. What's what the hell is going on with Russell Gage? I hate that we don't get any because I think Scott asked him Bulls yesterday about Gage, and and Bulls just said we don't talk about injuries at OTAs. But it, he got banged up, I guess what two or three weeks ago. Baker Mayfield kind of let that one slip, and maybe yeah. he, maybe he shouldn't yeah. have let it slip, but he let it slip, and now we have no answers, and I don't think he's out there. So again, well, I don't know, and that, I don't and know that's, what I'm getting yeah, there either. Yeah, that's not good when they, you know, because if it was something minor, he probably would just tell us, right? You think? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a little concerning. It's a little concerning. $10 million. Uh, but yeah, it's more a cap hit than anything else. I mean, I think I still think there's plenty of talent here in the receiver room to make up for it if he's injured. Um, but I would sure like to have a, a, a full go, fresh Russell Gage. Yeah, that's uh, one of my things I've been looking forward to this year because I know the guy can get open. I know he can get open, and last year I'm trying to just kind of throw it out the window because it was screwed from the beginning when he got the hamstring injury. But here we are starting this season along, and he's got an injury again. Yeah, I, I that's not good. That's not good. Um, now we're going to leave a lot of that the, the um, sound uh, for the second hour because you're going to be solo. I'm, I'm heading out to the Field Museum. Going to see me some dinosaurs, and uh, uh, I love I love my historical museums, bro. You love your big, animals too. You're a big. I animal. love my animals. Yeah, we we might we might double dip and do the zoo too because Ashley does love animals. Love, she loves the animals. If we could, we could we might double dip that. We'll see. But we're definitely doing the field museum. Oh, and before I go, well, one more thing on the Bucks because Bowles talked about this yesterday. The whole Kalijah can't see Vita Vea thing because Vita Vea was out there. You know, some of these other veterans are coming out there. Um, as far as I know, Devin White still hasn't showed up. Is that correct? That's no. correct. Uh, but Vita Vea was out there and. Working with Kalijah Cansey, and we talked about that. Everybody's like, "Oh, we didn't get an edge rusher." We this guy Cansey is going to affect the pass rush in a very instrumental way. I don't want to say almost as much as a elite pass rusher from the outside, but I think he helps you. He's so versatile that he can line up outside in the Bulls defense and rush outside. He can line up inside and demand a double team because he's so quick to get off the ball. And, you know, Vita Vea was double-teamed like 68% of the time last year. If you, you can't double-team both of them. If you do and you're leaving everybody out one-on-one, you bring an extra linebacker, it's, 
you know, this pass rush is going to help tremendously with a guy who's quick off the ball, who has great moves and great savvy, and also against the run game. You know, nothing disrupts the run game more than penetration, and that's this guy's game. That is his game. So I'm, I'm very excited to see these two guys work together defensively, and I think some of the changes that they made defensively, you know, this is on Todd Bowles. He's got to be better against these better offenses because they were not good last year against the good offenses, and he needs to be better. And, you know, Kansi, I think, has a chance. Uh, Yaya Diaby has, has shown a lot of flash. They love what they see and here in this kid. Um, so, yeah, yeah and, I'm, and, I'm, and Logan Hall obviously is, draw, or is put on weight and seems to be a different, yeah. a different player this time around. And you know who I don't hear about a lot but has more pressure than anybody up front there is, is JTS. I yeah. think as much yeah. pressure as Bowles is on, that dude has a lot of pressure on him to perform this year. Yeah, and is he, you know, we don't hear people talking about him. Like he's gained weight or gotten quicker. I, at least I haven't. Have you heard anything? I, that's what I'm saying. I just haven't heard anything yeah. from JTS. But uh, there's a reason. There's a reason why they added so much to that front seven, and he's part of it. Yeah. Wow, I'm looking at this video of an alligator on a practice tee. Have you seen this? It looks like somewhere. In, gosh, that looks really familiar. Is that in Tampa? It's like a 12 foot alligator just roaming around on the. Uh, on, the, on the practice team. <laughs> oh my god! Look at the size of that thing. I can't. Oh. I can't look at it now. Driving. Wow, that is that's some scary. Like what the hell? All right. Anyway, um, this just right, tells so, me that we could never have a TV in front of us here at the studio. I know. It's, it's terrible. You would, your attention would be gone right away. Oh, oh! I want to mention one other thing. Uh, D hop to Cleveland. Interesting. I, I don't know if they have the money to pull that off. I also hear D Hop to the Chiefs. I don't think anybody wants. To, I don't think anybody wants to see I that. Said that. I said that yesterday. I'm like, if DeAndre Hopkins was smart, like 30 years old, maybe a year or two left of his prime, go play with Patrick Mahomes and go get your ring. You don't have to make 30 million dollars a year now. You've made that like the last two, three years in Arizona. If he was smart. I heard, I heard somebody say uh, uh, he could go to the Patriots. I'm like, what, Bill O'Brien? And yeah, yeah, not a yeah. shot, not yeah. a shot. Do we not remember that exit interview? I mean, is the reason Bill O'Brien hadn't been in the NFL and, for a while? And you want to play with Mac Jones? Last time I, it doesn't fit D Hop's criteria that he put out there in the media. By the way, right? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, that's not happening. But Cleveland, I don't know. That makes a little bit of sense. He and Deshaun are tight. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And and um, I think Deshaun Watson. Boy, that he was awful last year, and that, that I get it. You know that that was not a great situation for him, but they need to do something to get him um, get get him some. Well, they've got some weapons there, but he's got to be better. That, that's for damn sure. All right, partner, I'm off to uh, all said museums. Uh, you take it the rest of the way. You got some good bowl sound to go through, some good more Kyle Trask sound to go through. So go get a partner. And our thanks to uh, the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. We'll hear from Chris Lugo uh, next week. As we were off on Monday this week, and but if you're looking to lose weight or get on get on that True Body machine, get on over there. Go to bammc.com and uh, you can lose weight, lean up, everything you need for the summer season. All right, we'll take another break. Nick Scott you the rest of the way. All right, the 
this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. 
Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on a Wednesday, brought to you by the Jeep Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Golden Diamond Source, American Mortgage Services, EPI, and Italiano Insurance are great sponsors uh, who allowed JP to have a nice trip up to Chicago up to Wrigley Field, which if you missed it in the first hour of the show, we recapped the Rays' loss last night um, to the Cubs, the 2-1 to loss, and J.P.'s time at Wrigley Field, which, again, I will maintain is a Mickey ballpark. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The Trop is America's ballpark. Sean Green knows that just as well as anybody, even though he can deny it. All of you can, d- can deny it, but it's true. Uh, Sean, thank you for joining us again today, as you continue to be such a great fill-in for J.P. here on this, uh, on this uh, program. You know, I'm always here for the show when when I'm uh, pinch hitting. So I'm I'm here at the drop of a text. You know, you're a great utility man. You're a great utility man, and this kind of wrapped into our conversation we had in the first hour. That Taylor Walls is a great utility man, and in this case, in that case, we need the utility man to take over the starter, being Brandon Lau. That is, and we'll see if that happens. We've had a lot of feedback on social media of our take on Brandon Lau, which if you can, if you missed it. Go back and check it out. The Rays need to sit him down a little bit. Uh, but anyway, we'll move back on to the NFL. And, Sean, we were talking just about the Bucks here with OTAs going on. And, you know, everybody's talking about the quarterback competition with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I'm not sure if you saw the clips yesterday, Sean, that are circulating through social media. If you haven't, I encourage you to look at it right. Just type it in on Twitter and you could see it. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, because every, everybody's losing their minds because we can't throw, you know, a little 10-yard seems across the middle to, to Joe Schmo tight ends. And, you know, that just it's not looking great, apparently, for the, for the Bucks quarterbacks. But uh, what, do you, what is your kind of your take on, on these, the, I guess, these clips circulating around? Or do we glean anything from this at all, or do we just, is this just typical off-season fodder? So here's, I, I just listened to the last bit of the J.P. Peterson show, where J.P. was talking about your first-round pick and how, He's going to make such a big impact and be the Vea and all, all this stuff, right? I think it's the same thing regarding the quarterbacks. You know, you're putting all this pressure on. Listen, he looks good in camp, right, as a rookie, right? But you don't want to put too much pressure. And you you see a couple clips out of a OTA, but I think it's the same thing with the quarterbacks. Like at the end of the day, we've seen Baker Mayfield. We know what we're getting out of Baker. Like. The, now, could he improve? Could he be better for the Bucks? Are the 
pieces around him, probably the best he's had in his career? Absolutely. Uh, but I don't think it's funny how social media, and it's always what social media does, it's, it takes a 10 second clip and makes it like Bucks need to be worried. Are, are those particularly easy passes to make as a quarterback, especially the first overall pick and a second round pick? Yes, they are 10 yard seam route. But I also understand it's May 30th. Yesterday was May 30th. Today's May 31st. Uh, first game is in September. Correct. So we might, in, in September, we can come back on this show and be like, these quarterbacks are trash and the Bucks stink and this is going to be a terrible season. But again, I, it's like, it's so hard because it's like, again, you mentioned it. There's like 100 days until football again. And it's a painful 100 days. That The last 100 days are the most painful. They are. Don't let it get twisted. They're the most painful because you, you can see the end in sight. But it's it's a while until you get there still. It's because we, so like, like we have such great draft prep to go through leading up to that. And then we get to like rookie free agency and all this excitement. There's that buzz around it. And then you hit this like kind of dead period where you're almost waiting for training camp July to get here. So we can get in the full swing of things. So I understand. Everybody's got to talk about something. But I just feel like a lot of people that are talking about this team in general on the outside just don't get it. They just don't get it, in my opinion. No, but I think, again, Nick, that's kind of the... I think when you have your quarterback being Baker Mayfield and how much... I don't want to say controversy, but talking points surrounding Baker. He's going to be a pair... he's, He's always a polarizing figure. I get it. 100%. 100%. And no offense to the person that posted it. Because guess what? Straight uh, up, if I was at Bucks training yeah. camp, or OTAs, or whatever, and I saw Baker Mayfield throw that pass, I would be the first person to record it and post it on Twitter. Oh. Because guess what? I know that's going to get play. Like, I know that's going to get... So every NFL fan's going to watch this. Regardless, nobody's talking about the entire practice. Nobody's talking about the practice before, the practice after. They're just talking about this little sliver of an entire practice. And that's, I think, the problem. But I don't think Bucks fans or NFL fans should go to, oh, we are screwed. This season is going to be a wash. It's going to hurt my eyes for four or five months. It's like, I don't get that. How about you? No. It's ridiculous. Like, and we'll by, see what happens. And by the way, you said we already know what Baker Mayfield is. I know what he could, I know what he was. And again, this is why I, I keep saying this. Go back to 2020, which was the last year that he was fully healthy. Okay, that's important here. Full bill of health in 2020, training camp, off season, the whole the whole nine. Right? Browns go 11 and five, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 3,500 yards, and a 96 quarterback rating. Uh, yeah, I take that. I think every Buccaneer fan would take that. Is he going to do that? I don't know. But I'm just merely pointing it out there that the last time he was fully healthy, Baker Mayfield was a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. A really good. And not enough people, not enough people, sorry to interrupt, not enough people talk about Baker Mayfield in his entire NFL career. When, maybe one or two seasons, has he been behind like a really good offensive line? And, well, listen, Cleveland, had, Cleveland had a good one. Cleveland got a good one going there. That, I think that 20, yeah, yeah 2020. Baker Mayfield had his best year, and that was the year that he was surrounded by his best kind of arsenal of everything. When you look at the offensive line, which was really good that year, and two stud running backs with Nick Chubb 
and uh, Kareem Hunt, good receivers, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Njoku, the whole nine, right? When he had those yep. things around him, I think he has equally as good parts, if not better, here in Tampa Bay in a system that's fresh. We talked about this in the first hour with JP a little bit. Uh, a new system in place that's modern, that's up to speed on where the NFL is going, whereas the one last year was like an incarnation of what we saw like 30 years ago in the NFL, and it didn't work. So I'm definitely feeling it maybe a little bit more hopeful uh, than others. But we played some Kyle Trask audio. I wanted to get some bowls here. Um, this was him talking yesterday. Uh, just a simple one here, what he's looking for out of Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield and what is going to set them, who is going to set themselves apart, what they need to do. Well, it's a little different because, you know, you don't hit the quarterbacks and obviously OTAs, nor do you hit them in many camps or even training camp until they play games. So you really don't know who's what under pressure uh, from an analyzing standpoint. Again, it's, it's the grasp of the offense. It's the reading of the defense. It's not necessarily making the big play, but the right play. And then it comes down to moxie, and it comes down to uh, intelligence, in-game intelligence and adjustments and fits and film work. And you can see who the team galvanizes around and, and who's ready to play the first game. And you kind of make a decision from there. But it's, it's constant analyzation, whether it's small or whether it's big. It's constant analysis from now up until we name a starter. And, Sean, he used the word there, uh, moxie, and I've heard Todd Bowles say that multiple times throughout this offseason since they got Baker Mayfield. They love his moxie. I've heard other coaches say it. Players have said it. He talked about galvanizing the troops. It's like when I hear them talk, it's like it seems to me like that is the one thing that really draws them to Baker Mayfield is the moxie and the leadership. And when you hear Baker Mayfield talk, you can't, you can't deny he seems like he's matured a bit, and he seems like he is the leader. He already feels like he's the leader of the team the second he stepped in here. Whereas you listen to Kyle Trask talk, and it's a little bit more different. He's a lot more soft-spoken, I'd argue. Now that doesn't, And there's different ways to lead. We obviously know that. But the whole moxie thing kind of tells me that they're leaning Baker Mayfield at the moment. Well, when you look at if I'm a player in the NFL, and I think – I don't want to knock Kyle Trask at all because I, I don't know how he is in the locker room. I don't know how the guys feel about him. But Kyle Trask has been there for a year. Two years. And the fact of the, two years. And the fact of the matter is that you've known all these guys for two years and Baker's there for less than a month, gets signed, and he's kind of already taken over, I think, a lot of the guys' views of, oh, okay, that's our quarterback. Most likely that's going to be our starter. So you are right. There are other ways to lead. There are. But I think when it comes to the quarterback, Baker has always had that kind of leadership quality where he kind of just feels like the leader among men. Like he takes it on him. He puts everything on his back. When he's injured, he still plays. Like he played with one arm for God's sakes on a couple of occasions, right? So it's like I think the problem with Trask right now is he can have all the intangibles in the world. And guys might see that. But I think there has to have a little bit, like they've said, a moxie, a leadership that brings a bunch of guys together, and Baker has that. And regardless of how Kyle Trask performs, he's got to have that leadership quality to bring a bunch of men to say, you know what, I'm going to follow that guy. I'm not going to follow the new quarterback that we just signed off the street a month ago. I'm going to follow the guy that's been here for two years that's just sat patiently behind the GOAT 
and we're going to follow him into battle. So, again, there's a lot of time left, but to their point, like, Baker has really shown over his career, regardless of how he's played, at every spot he's been, that he's a leader. That people are like, regardless of how he plays, he takes it on the chin, and he's a guy that you want to lead into a Sunday. Yep, he definitely has proven that, uh, and I, I think that remains to be seen with Kyle Trask. Uh, we'll play the other clip here that I had from Bowles talking about, and this one is specific to Kyle Trask because, uh, you know, Kate Otten threw it out there that he's been thrown with much more conviction this season, which I think would be obvious now that he has a chance to, to start in the NFL, whereas the last two years it was kind of his role was going to be quarterback three no matter what, right? Uh, but here was him talking about Trask kind of growing in confidence uh, this time around during the offseason getting the reps when you get more reps you get more confidence obviously and rightfully so with Tom there last year and Blaine there he didn't get the reps he should get he's getting a lot of reps right now so it's really his doctrination of his rookie year getting all the reps he's getting and as he gets those reps he gets more confidence so he's happy to be playing yeah it's definitely a good point and any young quarterback I think you would agree Sean they need those reps and the reps he's gotten the last two years has been with you know the third string guys right most of them not playing on Sunday, the practice squad guys. And it can be really hard. And that's what we had said about the whole clips that were coming out is there's missing context to those clips. They're not throwing, he's not throwing to Mike Evans. They're not throwing to Chris Godwin. He's not throwing to Gage. He's not throwing to, to the starters that we're going to see by the time we get to week one. He's throwing to a bunch of really inexperienced tight ends who may not be running the route because, I mean, a lot of it is very, you know, minuscule things that go into these kind of route trees and these route combinations, as you know, and maybe it calls for a seven-yard this, and the guy runs a five, right? Well, guess what? You just do an incomplete pass. And is that necessarily on the quarterback? Eh, not really. Not really. It's more on the inexperienced uh, tight end in that situation. So I think there's missing context to that. But Kyle Trask, when he gets a chance, when we get to training camp, and Mike is here, and Chris is there, and, and hopefully Gage is healthy because he's obviously going through a little bit of injury right now, then we can see what Kyle Trask is made of. Uh, the other thing with him is we know he's not a great practice player. They think that that kind of has been, he's admitted that a little bit, and that was kind of the thing at Florida. The reason why it took kind of so long for him, I think, to stand out was he just didn't stand out at practice. And then when he finally got his game opportunities, you know, he kind of showed that he's a gamer. And that's what you hear from people at Florida. I just, I feel like at some point he's got to show out big time in this process of practices training camp preseason to have any type of shot to get in front of Baker on the depth chart. This is the NFL. This is not college, right? If you just show up for the games, then guess what? You're going to be second, third string for your entire career. Cause nobody's going to have faith in you because you can't show it behind closed doors in a practice, getting ready for said game. Like in college, you kind of don't have a choice. Like it, no offense to Florida, but it wasn't like they had a really backup option that they're like, you know, we're going to throw him out game one. Kyle Trask had been there. They knew what he could do. And when he got his opportunity, they're like, okay, great. Like, we didn't really see it too much in practice. We saw glimpses, but we, we got something here. In the NFL, listen, man's a second-round pick. Now, I kind of view what the Bucks did. I don't like that they made him third string. I think regardless, you should have made him second string and kind of had that got him more reps, had the third-string guy kind of help him. That's kind of what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo when Brady was here. Jimmy was second-string. Basically, Jimmy was the backup regardless. 
I think in this situation, you had to give Kyle Trask more opportunities. And over the last two years, he didn't get those because we've said it. His practice tape and his practice habits have been really poor. So you're not going to give a guy that's showing bad practice, you know, clips on tape, the second string spot. But I think it's going to come into play here in this upcoming year where it's like, now he's battling for the number one spot. How much are the coaches, if Baker and Kyle are even, right, if they're, or they're 50-50, how much is that practice play going to come into it where they're like, you know what, listen, he has some really bad practice days, but we drafted him in the second round. He's pretty even with Baker. I, I don't know. I think you might have to give him a shot, and I get the, the qualities that Baker has that Kyle doesn't. But again, like I said, it is the NFL. And if your guy is not putting on good practice tape, it's not going to give you much confidence going up against some of these defensive lines that are going to be coming after your head. Yep, and we got a long time to go to, to figure out who the starter is going to be. Until then, we got three months to, to break down our, our little clips that come, that come out of all you this. Know, it's so much easier. The NBA is so much easier because like, we're having the finals tomorrow. So that's June 1st. The finals will probably end middle to like late June, mm-hmm. like June 16th, June 17th. The draft's on June 28th. Then you go spring ball in July. So you get spring uh, or a uh, summer league, excuse me, summer league in Vegas. And then August, you're back in, uh, players are back and you're playing in September, October. So it's like the NBA is so much better because you get like no downtime. The NFL is way too much. Like it's way too much in between the draft and kickoff. I even, ar- I mean, terrible. I even argue, and I'm an advocate for this. I think the draft should happen a month after the Super Bowl. I don't like that I have yeah. to wait more than two months to get there. Because it allows us to have way too much time to nitpick the death out of every single prospect. We do that, right? You put a mock draft out after the Super Bowl, it looks completely different than the final mock draft that you get uh, by the time you get to, uh, yeah. to draft time. And it's like, what changed? The tape has always been there. The tape has always been there. These guys haven't played another down. But it, it changes completely. And I think it's, just a, I think it's a flawed process myself. And I think by having it after the draft or the Super Bowl, rather, you would kind of add some kind of more excitement to the offseason schedule by having it packed in like that. Uh, but I know it's never going to change. It just it, it kind of is what it is. Um, last clip here from Todd Bowles, and this one is uh, not quarterback related. This was him talking about his young linebacker core, which I've been paying attention a lot to. And we have over here in Tampa Bay, Sean, obviously, because of the the Devin, the ongoing Devin White situation. Uh, he's not at OTAs, which I wasn't expected. And Levante David's not there, by the way, as well either. But he's you know a 33-year-old veteran. He's earned that that right not to come. But Devin White is not there. And in the meantime, Sean, our boy Servasier Dennis is continuing to get what Todd Bowles called invaluable reps. And here's what he had to say about him and some of the other young guys that are taking advantage of that opportunity so far. Well, it's great reps for the young guys. Really, we're trying to get everybody caught up so when training camp starts, everybody's on equal footing and have a chance to make this team. So they're getting invaluable reps right now between Servassier and Banks and uh, Gilbert and all those guys and UConn. They're getting tons of reps right now, which will put them ahead of the curve once training camp starts. Yep, it definitely is going to put them ahead of the curve. And Todd Bowles has not shied away. If he has to play young guys, he's not scared to do it. He is not scared to do it. I remember, uh, you know, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, those two guys played a lot during their rookie years and their second years in the league, and they were the the starting tandem. 
uh, shortly after they were drafted. Zion McCollum, even though the results weren't great last year, we saw a lot of him. JTS we've seen a lot, even though the results were, have not been great. He's not afraid to put those young players in. And I think Servasier Dennis, from everything that we're hearing, seems like he's a pretty big steal for a fifth-round pick. And uh, a lot of his play, I think, is going to dictate. He's going to get opportunities, I think, this year with the Devin White contract situation, especially if they can't get it resolved by the beginning of the season. I think the Bucks for the future, they're going to have to get a good look at Servasier going for the future because in an ideal world, you get something resolved with Devin White at a much smaller cap hit than what he wants to put than he wants to kind of to get on this team and you can have him around for the future hopefully at, at that cap hit and then Servasier can be the heir to Levante David who I think this is his last year um, so Servasier Dennis Sean learn the name learn the name can't forget it because I think this is going to be the guy to be in that linebacking core for years to come really hard to forget the name Servasier I mean that's it's just got a nice ring to it. We talked about it yesterday, but I'll be saying that even if I'm not watching him play. But um, no, I think the Devin White situation. I mean, you've beat it into the ground. Obviously, you know that'll happen when it happens. I think Devin White <laughs> he wants a specific number that he's shooting for the stars because <laughs> I mean his play has not been anywhere close to uh, the number of money that he wants. Um, to be completely honest, I don't even think the Bucks should waste their time, to be completely honest. That's my thing. I think they should let him walk. Uh, he's kind of – the, the stuff that he's put on tape over the last couple of years has not been Egregious. of a top linebacker. It's this and mostly down here. So, I mean, I agree with Todd Bowles. Give the young guys a shot. See who kind of comes out um, because at the end of the day – you're probably looking if Devin White is not your linebacker of the future, especially next year. If you go into next year, I mean, you're going to have two linebacker spots open up. So if any guy this year can really prove what they can do. And, and listen, it, it can potentially cause a lot of headaches this year if Devin White is not playing for some crazy reason. I think we all agree he's most likely going to be there day one just at a much lower contract. Uh, or they just come to an agreement on a one-year type of situation. But I think at the end of the day, if the linebacking core is, is poor this year, then at least you got your answer. And then next year you can reevaluate, sign a free agent or draft linebacker a little bit higher than fifth round. Yep, a lot of questions. And hopefully Servasi Dennis can be the guy uh, to sort of fill that role for the Bucks in the short term and especially the long term. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit some more NFL news and notes. We got the NBA Finals starting tomorrow. I know you're very excited about that, Sean, and some other stuff as well. Uh, stay with us back in three. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell the JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation. Home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. 
Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here on a Wednesday. We continue to roll on. Sean Green filling in for J.P. on the second half of this show today as J.P. continues to stroll around the streets of Chicago. Rays take it on the Cubs again. An afternoon in Wrigley at the Mickey Ballpark, as I will continue to call it. Hope you enjoy that, Sean. It's a Mickey Ballpark, and I will not be told otherwise. I've been to Chicago once, and I didn't go inside Wrigley. I took a picture on the outside, and then I left. That was the most I've seen of it. I'm actually going back in two months, so I have to ask JP where he stayed because we're still trying to figure that out right now. Well, I guess, I guess you should probably go see a Cubs game while you're there. If I don't want to go on that side of town. I'll say that. I, <laughs> okay. Last time I went there, I'm going to be honest, Last time I, that was the sketchiest area of the entire Chicago for me. I was standing on like the platform to take a train, and some dude would not leave us alone. He was cracked out on something. <laughs> he just well, JV just told a story about that earlier in the show. Uh, oh, I didn't see. I didn't even the, know the, that. The people I, there, it's like they don't just ask for something. Like they they want to have a full conversation with you to try to coax you to getting something out of you. And of course, JP is the kind that's going to play along with it, right? So I don't know. But and Jordan says definitely stay on the North River area. He says Wrigleyville is nice, which is what I've heard. I thought Wrigleyville was actually like – that's what I've heard from everybody. That Wrigleyville is like one of the nicer parts of town. See, I know driving there because we took an Uber there, and driving there, it was a very nice area. Like I was like, okay, this is pretty nice. When we, Maybe it was just that one incident with the, the man that was definitely like cracked out and was like – would not leave us alone for 20 minutes. <laughs> it was like, okay, see, Jordan – uh, so we went to a White Sox game. Oh, well, well, you went to you went to Chicago and went to a White Sox game instead of a Cubs it, game. Okay, in my defense, no I defense, was, no defense. I was I didn't go when I was an adult. I went when I was a, a, like five years ago. I still some adult, but like didn't plan the trip, so I didn't want to go see the White Sox. It was somebody we went with that wanted to go see them. I agree with you, Jordan. It was definitely not nice near the White Sox, but again, we just took the train, so I didn't get to like wander but again now i'm trying to figure out where to stay because last time i stayed near the airport but i'm like i want to stay in the city but also i'm trying to be safe so you know safety first stay the hell away from south side which by the way too you're talking about weird men coming up to you you again i have to get this dig in here remind the folks where you live sean orlando okay you're gonna tell me that you haven't ever walked the streets of orlando and you see some weird people hanging around and people that want to have a, a chat with you about something very suspicious, 
It's the not really thing. they want to have a chat with you. They just want to ask for money. And then when you don't give them money, they think you're the worst person in the world. And they like talk junk about like what you're wearing, what your hat which, says. Which it's the same thing in Tampa, by the way. Downtown Tampa has a pocket that I avoid at all costs. And <laughs> those, that, that, those that are listening that are familiar with that area, it's kind of like across the street from, uh, what is it, the Stras. Kind of everything on the other side there on the Straz and that downtown area, that is the area that I avoid at all cost in downtown Tampa. And another weird area is the, I think it might be Florida Avenue, kind of where Eddie and Sam's is. Again, Sean, you probably have no idea where this... You I did because I stayed near Florida Ave, if you remember, because when I went to your wedding... There you, that's right. I said, oh, I'm staying here. It said it was a nice area. And you're like, uh, that's like the worst area you could stay. And I'm like... Good to know. I don't think I slept the entire trip because <laughs> of you. Because well, you, you didn't. Told me you that. didn't consult with me ahead of time. You just decided to book a place before getting with me, so I could put you in the right direction. You also stayed pretty far away from the wedding venue, mind you. It was cheap, you know. Well, there you go. I, I, you, I'm a cheap you get, guy. You get what you what you put in, Sean. You get what you put in. Well, I was right near USF, which I didn't know prior, so I should have known that's why it was cheap. Because it, you know. It really reeked of desperation down there. So, well, I, um, I well, hold up. That's not like the area I'm talking about. You, I was about to say. I know you stayed near USF, and when the second you told me that, I was like, "What are you doing? Nobody, you, you stay far away from the outskirts of the USF area. You do it. Like if I don't have to go out through that area for any reason, I just don't do it. There's nothing. There's nothing good that's going to come around from Fowler Avenue and Fletcher Avenue. And all those kinds of things. So, yeah. and here, here's here's JP's son, by the way, Colin, chiming in. And he lives, and thanks for listening, Colin. P- hope you're having a, a good time up there in Chicago. He lives in Wrigleyville. It's awesome. You'll get your occasional crazy guy, especially on a train platform. But for the most part, it's a really nice place to live. Okay, I'm just going to ask all my Chicago questions on here then because, I mean. we got a lot I, of I, Chicago I, experts listening to this show, apparently. Yeah, I th- it was on the train platform that the the cracked out guy was being. I was I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. My mom, on the other hand, was scared out of her mind, gripping her purse. Pretty much put a handcuff on her purse because she was well, so I, scared. The other, the only other place that I I haven't really gone far out of like the south, kind of what I've been traveling really. But I went. To, I've been to Miami twice, and I could tell you being down there. The everybody said, you know, like we were going to a heat game. It was me and my mom, and I was like 14 at the time, I think. And they were like, "Oh, just take the metro station. It's it's really safe and it's easy. It's the way everybody goes." Those people who told us to take the metro station are out of their mind. You want to talk about unsafe and feeling just very like like looking around your surroundings? That is the metro. It might have changed because this was eight, nine, eight, nine years ago, but. There was nothing safe about the metro station in Miami. And in general, I found Miami not to be a very pleasant place to be. i tell you well, that right now. I don't need to go back to Miami personally. But, Nick, when you go to any major city, like if for all of JP's viewers, I know we're going off on tangents here, but Nick doesn't really travel much. He's barely traveled. Uh, he goes to a specific couple places in his life. When Nick, when you actually like go to a major city like New York, Chicago – you take the train. You 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 take the subway. You, now, it, it, it's not sketchy. It's just what I agree. It's what people do. Now you have to keep your eye out because there are some weirdos that like come on. But it's the easiest and fastest and cheapest way to get around. So 
that's the only thing in Chicago. I will be taking the train, even though if somebody tells me not to, I will, I guess, take an Uber. Because I try to explain to my girlfriend in Chicago, not everything's like close. Like yeah. the stuff you want to do is not close. It's it's they're spread out. She's like, oh, we can just trust walk. me. We, like, trust me, New we, York. we found that out when we went to D.C. And I went to D.C. probably about a decade ago, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, no. And we thought, oh, we'll just walk, you know, to everything, right? Yeah, you can't do it. You can't. No. It's impossible to see everything you want to see and try to walk in D.C. It's very confusing down there as well. I don't know if you've been there either. Yeah, uh, I have. But then we learned it's like you have to like you have to do like a tour basically if you want to see everything, an organized tour, or you have to be very organized with how you're going to get around because walking is not an option. But you know what? This is already too much of a hassle. I can walk the entire downtown area of Tampa and get to what I need to get because of our beautiful river walk. And I think that's where I'm going to stay. I'm just going to stay put right here in Tampa. I got no, I got no, go. I got no desire to really have to go anywhere else. But anyway, tangent over. As we as we discuss the the metro cities of the of the United States, <clears throat> I wanted to get to this. JP brought it up, and he almost stole what I was going to say. But I have to, I just have to bring this up. The whole Jimmy, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, which I'm sure you've seen, and his his reworked contract. Now apparently he failed his physical. Um, before signing with the Raiders. So if he wants to get his, I think it's like $33.5 million guaranteed, he has to pass a physical by week one, or he's going to forfeit that. Now, this is not like out of the ordinary necessarily, like people are saying. Like there's a lot of kind of examples of contracts being reworked and having clauses in them for a player like in the situation of Jimmy Garoppolo who had off-season foot injury, but... If I'm the Raiders, man, and especially Josh McDaniels, who I, I don't think the Raiders have much patience with head coaches. They go through a lot of them, and it was awful last year with what happened. Bad enough that they just said, we don't want Derek Carr. That's fine. Now, I, I am as big of a Jimmy Garoppolo fan as you will find. I am. Okay, I've, defend, I've defended him because he does nothing. He's, when he's out there, and that's the big question, when he's out there, the guy wins games. But I'm not immune to the fact that he has had a lot of injuries. He has had a lot of injuries, and he's no young buck anymore. He's 31. And now a foot surgery here, this whole clause. You know what this all tells me, Sean? What, Nick? You know who's going to be quarterback in week one for the Raiders if he doesn't pass that physical. Oh, God. That's what this is all leading to. It's what this is all leading to, and the storylines of storylines is that you-know-who is going to get back at that MFR, who I believe was Jimmy Garoppolo. It's all leading to it, Sean, and you know it. In fact, the odds makers out there, who takes the first snap of the season for the Raiders week one if Garoppolo fails his physical, he, and you know he, is number one on that list in the odds. Can he actually do that because now he's technically a part owner or not a part owner but he has financial stake in the team i don't know if that's i i mean it's never been done before obviously but i don't even know if that's possible i don't even know if that's legal in the nfl i know i have to see if it really is or not but it's just but i know like i I think i said this to jp before because we had talked about this briefly like maybe a week ago just kind of spitballing and I was like, didn't Michael Jordan own, like, have a piece of ownership with the Wizards, or he was in the front office, and then he played? He like he remember he joined the Wizards front office, I believe. Yeah. Right? I may have this wrong, but I think I am. I think I'm right. He joined the Wizards front office, and then he decided to play, 
and he was a member of both, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know I if think the NFL has certain kinda, rules with that. Most people zone out the Jordan Wizard days. Yeah, so we, I think we try everybody to forget, like we try to forget those. Yeah, everybody forgets it. So I don't know. Now you you're on to something. You are on to something, I will say. I don't know. I think there's a more realistic chance that Stidham would do it. Because, again, New England guy, basically the same player as Jimmy, just not as talented. It is interesting, though, because you trade, like, you basically, Derek Carr, you just throw him in the trash. You say, we don't want you. And then you go after a guy that's had more injuries than any quarterback I can remember in my head. And you're surprised that, I mean, he didn't pass his physical, and now you're upset, and you're like, okay, well, you know, we need to put new clauses in that if you don't pass a physical by X date, then you're not getting your money. It's and, like, and then what are you doing? Because, like, the scenario I'm throwing out there is very unlikely. Like, it's probably, it's honestly probably like a one negative thing, or even negative, yeah. right? But it's like, where do you go from there then? And you already got, and you already, oh, and you already got Devontae Adams, who, uh, he's kind of starting. Devontae Adams is probably. So, like he's done. He's like I could have had Aaron Rodgers, and now I'm having Limpy over here that is more injuries than who you doesn't know. really fit his his play style. Because as much as I love no. Garoppolo, he's not pushing the ball down the field. It's not. It's just well, no, even and, even a fully healthy. It's just not going to happen. And no offense to Devontae. I mean Devontae, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the NFL. Garoppolo is not running out of the pocket. Take Devontae on a you know. Change no, route. No. Like, that's the problem. Again, it's a pocket passer. Aaron Rodgers does things with the football that we've never seen before. And mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers can also get out of the pocket when needed to make plays. I have a feeling Devontae Adams is going to, I mean, his season, he's going to get really frustrated. By week four, he's going to be done. He's going to be like, I- I'm so done with this. I'm so over this. And listen, that's what Josh McDaniels does to some people. Josh McDaniels is not for everybody. He's a hell of a coach, but. I mean, he's trying to make it New England 2.0 again, and we've learned that that does not work. Is he a hell of a coach? I think so. It seems a lot to me like, you know, somebody propped this man up for a little bit for about a decade there in New England. (laughs) That's just the way it comes off to me. That's what that person does for everybody. But then again, you saw how Mac Jones looked with him, and then you saw how Mac Jones looked without him. So, I don't know. Maybe there, but that's just... That's a that's a that's a team that I I don't have much hope for for the future. <laughs> they make the most they make the oddest decisions I think of any team in the league. To be honest with you, they kind of just they've gone rogue in a few of their drafts. I know a lot of that was the whole Gruden Mayock era, uh, but I just have no trust in them. I did look it up by the way, <clears throat> Las Vegas Journal Review that owners would require a stipulation that Brady can't return to the field before they would approve the agreement to take on ownership stake. Even if the stipulation isn't included, Brady would need approval from all owners to return to the field if he tries to play after his purchase of the stake is formalized. And no owner, if Brady came, Brady signs it and says, yep, I want to be an owner, and then comes back a year later and is like, oh, I want to go play for the Dolphins, no owner is signing off on that. The only two owners that would sign off on that would be the Miami uh, Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, and Robert Kraft, because they'd be like, oh, Tommy, I'll let you go play ball in, in, in Miami. Hell no, no owner signing off on that. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's just interesting. It's like, 
he's the one player it's like even though he says he's done and we believe him and i truly do it's like there's always going to be a discussion to be had there of maybe 65 <laughs> and there'll be an opening at quarterback and be like can tom do it i mean and he's 46 and he put he's 46 and he put the worst tape of his career out on there last year for the bucks uh and i don't want to go back down that rabbit hole please uh but it's just the kind of the facts to it but I don't know. I don't know. That is just an interesting situation, and I, do, I just, if I was a Raiders fan right now, I'm probably just like smoking a pack of Marlboros and, and, and or Newports, whatever. <laughs> is that what they see? I was about to say, do they smoke Marlboros in, in Vegas? Uh, they, I mean, there's casinos all over the place there, Sean. I know, but so. I would say Newports. That's probably what they're what they're smoking out Newports there. or what is the one I, I worked at I worked at Ring Power for about three years, which is like a Caterpillar dealer, and I was around the most interesting people i'll just put it that way the most interesting people uh that you'll probably find on this earth right when you're working in that type of field and most of them smoked and they didn't buy like like marlboro or even newport i'm trying to think what they bought it was like it was like the cheapest cigarette i think you could like they were like three three dollars like for a pack or something like that it was like I super, at Wawa and i can't even remember it was super cheap i'm like seeing the package in front of me right now I just can't remember what the name of them was. I'm, it's bothering me so much. I'm looking that, at look, Yeah, please look it up because I worked at Wawa and I I had to – I mean I sold many cigarettes in my day. Uh, but it would always be fun when people would come in and ask for like five cartons. And I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. So I'd have to like get five cartons of cigarettes. And I'm like, how many do you go through? And they're like, oh, I go through a carton every four days. I'm like – that's pretty impressive. I, I, regardless of what happens, what it does for your health, a, a carton for every four days. I mean, got to give you credit. I don't know why I can't find what the uh, the brand is here. It's so low on the totem pole, Sean. It's not even popping up on That's on popular impressive. on popular cigarette brands. Seriously. Did you think when you woke up this morning we'd be talking about cigarette brands at? Uh, on this show, I absolutely so. not. I definitely did not think I'd be even typing it into my into my laptop here either. Um, We're two not smokers. That's see now Casey's gonna like be all on uh, if she sees my laptop search history here. She's gonna have a lot of questions of why I'm looking up cigarette brands, especially during uh, a sports show. But sometimes, Sean, this show sometimes takes us in some interesting way. In some interesting. What happens when I come on? Yeah, Just... especially especially when you come on. That's for sure. I'm still like trying to figure out what this is. I'm giving it one more search right here, and if I can't find it, I'm moving on. Yeah, I mean, we don't even want to go into uh, dips. I mean, you can, you know, I'm sure there's. I I only know one or two on that and two. So it's like that's the thing. I worked so so long ago that it's popped out of my head completely. All right, I'm moving on from it. I've talked enough about. Cigarettes on this show. <laughs> I don't even know how I really even got on this uh, on this tangent here. Second tangent of this segment, Sean. Not great. We got time for one more. <clears throat> Pal Malls. I don't know what that is. I know that's like the cheap of the cheap. Paul Malls. That's that's not it. Uh, but anyway, we'll take. Yeah, it's not it's not Paul Malls, Richie. I can't figure out what it is, but I don't know. We have to take one more break, so we'll hit it. Maybe I'll search oh, it in the. Maybe I'll look it up <laughs> in the break and see if I can find it. <laughs> show off the rails here on a Wednesday. Quick little break and then we'll get back and we'll we'll set up tonight 
or this afternoon rather with the Rays and a little bit of the NBA Finals uh, tomorrow. Stay with us here on the J.P. Peterson Show. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on a Wednesday. A few minutes left here in the show. <clears throat> Could not find the brand. That's how low on the totem pole it is, by the way. And that just tells you everything you need to know. But anyway, moving on, we do have a baseball game uh, this afternoon. The Rays back at it at Wrigley. Uh, against the Cubs, looking to salvage something here. Already dropped a series uh, to the last place team in the NL Central, which is not great, but you know that's baseball. Like I said, the Braves have won the series against the or the A's have, be, have defeated the Braves two games in a row. Nobody saw that coming, but the lineup is out, and we have justice after all. Brandon Lau has been removed from the three slash four hole. 
in the lineup. He's going to be batting sixth today. Um, so Kevin Cash has moved him down a little bit in the lineup. Of note, it looks like it's an off day for Wander Franco. The Rays have kind of been doing that, rotating off days between Yandy, Randy, and Franco. Yandy back in the lineup hitting leadoff. Uh, Randy batting second. Harold in the three-hole. Paredes hitting fourth. Margot fifth. Lau, like I said, is, is hitting sixth. Bethancourt back at catcher, hitting seventh. Walls at short, hitting eighth. And Jose Siri back in the lineup, hitting ninth. Zach Eflin on the mound versus Justin Steele, who's been one of the better pitchers in the National League this year uh, for Chicago. And so it should be another tough matchup, but hopefully the Rays can get out of there before they move on to Boston and play Sean's Red Sox for a four-game set. And the Rays own Boston. Um, Sean, just don't ever forget that. So I'm not. Uh, listen, I support them. I wouldn't call myself a, a Red Sox guy, but you're a but supporter. Su- huh? But you're a supporter. I support. You know, I, I wish them well. More of a again. I, I wish that city nothing but pain. Nothing but pain. You know, you, you Boston people try to make everything a an American story trying to pull off all these crazy things, right, with your sports, whether it's the Patriots coming back from 28-3, to 3, whether it's the Celtics trying to make their way back from a, a 3-0 series hole, all those stuff, these great American comeback stories. And it's so great to see that it ended at the hands of teams in Florida who run sports, like I said yesterday, Sean. So anyway, hopefully the Rays can get the dub today, and we'll be back tomorrow.